0: Ladies and gentlemen, today I have the honor and privilege to have as a guest today, Monique Farrell. She's not only a mom, a wife, but she started her career in the federal government as a GS4, which is an entry level. And now she's retired as a member of the Senior Executive Service Tier 2 in the Army, which is an equivalent to a major general in the Army, you guys. Please, ladies and gentlemen, welcome Monique Farrell. Hey, Monique, how are you?
1: Hi, Laura, I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really honored and I'm humbled that you asked for an opportunity to talk to me about me and my life as a, a careerist, a wife and a mother. So thank you for having me.
0: Thank you, Monique. I am just so excited to listen and learn about Monique. There are so many facets to you and I want our listeners to understand who Monique is um, because there's multiple layers when you become a mom, when you become a wife, and then when you have your own successful career. Monique, can you explain to our listeners just a little bit about yourself?
1: Sure. Well, let me tell you who I think, who, how I describe Monique. First, I'm a wife. I'm a mother. I'm a daughter. I'm a sister. And I'm an auntie. I'm a godmother. I'm a really good friend to many of my friends. The one part of my life that's missing is that I'm not a grandmother yet. (laughs) And I'm desperate to be one, but I know that in time that will come. You can see that I talked about my family first, because that's most important to me. But I have to tell you that I'm also really proud that I'm a career civil servant, recently retired, as you mentioned. I just retired on July 31st as an Army senior executive. I also describe myself as a mentor, a coach, and a teacher, because I do recognize that the accomplishments that I've had, um, not everybody has them. But what I hope to be is a beacon of light and an example for so many of us to say, it is possible. You just have to put in the work. I'm down to earth. You know this about me, Laura. I'm a people person. I'm loving, a fun loving. I, I really love to have a, a good time. But I'm also passionate and I'm dedicated. So that's, that's who I am.
0: And the beacon of light, Monique, that you mentioned, that is the the light is what guided me to you. You have very strong characteristics and morals that I cannot wait for the listeners to hear. So let's start from the foundation. Growing up, did you see yourself traveling the world and experiencing so many, many different cultures?
1: I did not, Laura. For your audience, let me tell them a little bit. I grew up on a 32 square mile island, St. Thomas, US Virgin Islands in the Caribbean. And even though I grew up there, I visited the States quite often as a child because my grandparents lived in New York and had family members in other parts of the continental United States. So I got to travel to the States, but I never traveled internationally other than to other Caribbean islands. So no. I didn't see myself traveling the world and experiencing different cu- cultures, but being an army wife and an army civilian, I had the opportunity to do just that. And it was, oh my God, so amazing. I have to tell you though, that the very first assignment, my, so I, I said that I was a wife, I guess I should say that. My husband um, was active duty army. My husband retired after 38 years of service in the army. And so much of my life and my career, I was busy following him around. So his first um, assignment, overseas assignment, accompanied overseas assignment was to Germany. And I was really uh, nervous about going to Germany. I was nervous. This was in the early 1990s and i was concerned about being so far away from my family and friends remember me saying my family's in the caribbean my friends were primarily on the east coast and we were going to germany and you might not be um, be able to relate to this laura but this was a time where um, long before there was a prevalence of cell phones i didn't own a cell phone okay And back then, it was really expensive to call back home. Now you can pick up a a phone when you're overseas and call anywhere else. And it's almost as cheap as calling from state to state, you know, local calls here. But it was very expensive back then. So I was nervous. But I have to tell you that I learned to to take advantage of being in a different country and taking advantage of all there was, you know, to all they, they had to offer. We lived, during our tours with my husband, we lived in three different cities in Germany and we traveled all over Europe. That was an amazing experience. But also as a civilian, I got to travel quite a bit. So I traveled for for my job in Europe, but then later in my career, I led our, what we called our expeditionary audits team. And I deployed to Kuwait, Iraq, and Afghanistan for almost two years. And that was one of the most life-changing and extremely fulfilling um, parts of of my life and my career. So no, I didn't see it coming as a child, but I tell you what, it was tremendously rewarding and I've learned so much.
0: So what did you enjoy the most out of of all the cultures? Being from St. Thomas, for one, and then having to see all of the other cultures what did you enjoy the most besides the food, Monique? Don't
1: say <laughs> now, Okay, see, see, you know me so well, Laura. How did you know that that was the <laughs> first thing that was on my list? <laughs> I especially enjoyed trying the different types of foods and learning how they assimilated with the culture of the people. That, that was amazing. But I also um, enjoyed seeing how people lived. Um, different styles of houses, um, the things that they valued um, compared to what we value in in the United States. Um, I really enjoyed observing their norms and their cultures, and you know, the simple things like in Germany. One of the first things that I was so surprised about. Now, we we had the benefit of being able to live on post, but we had friends who lived on the economy off the base. And one of the things that was shocking to me was when I learned that when you're renting a house in Germany, they don't always come with closets or kitchens. Sometimes you have to go and buy a kitchen and install it. Oh, wow. Or buy closets. They call them wardrobes and install them into your house and you know me and my love of clothes yes yes so so even though we lived on post and we had a government furnished you know um house the closets were quite small because they were still built as if they were for germans so that was very very shocking for me and the other thing was off post generally speaking the houses they didn't have full-size refrigerators like we had they would have very small refrigerators because the germans they eat a lot more healthy they don't eat a lot of foods with preservatives and everything they would go shopping grocery shopping every two or three days to buy their perishable item perishable items so unlike me where i have not only my refrigerator freezer but then another freezer that i stock with meats and everything as if we're going to be hunkered down for months they generally (laughs) don't do that so it was learning you know a lot of different things but i'll tell you another thing that i really loved about living Particularly in Europe was the fact that there were so many countries that were next to each other and we could just get in a car and drive to visit another country in just a few hours on the weekends, for example, we you know from where we lived in Germany, we would drive to Switzerland for the day and go and do shopping and have lunch and come back home. We would drive to France we took bus trips to Poland to Czechoslovakia to Italy for shopping. We took a bus trip to Austria and well, I I, don't, I really didn't learn to ski. I never got off of the bunny slope, but that's a whole different story. But, you know, so we had so much fun and so many different experiences. And in the countries, I got to meet some of the local people, learn a little bit of the language and become friends. I have some friends that have remained friends with us now that we've been back in the States for so many years. And then during my deployments, when I was deployed to um, Kuwait, Iraq and Afghanistan, I was just so proud. To deploy as a civilian and work alongside active duty service members, other civilians and contractors. I was proud to be an American and make a difference in what we were doing over there. So there's so much for me to talk about what I enjoyed about living and working overseas.
0: Yeah, Monique, I actually agree with you about Germany. I, My mom was stationed there. I was a military brat there. And Germany, I loved. And I loved the aspect that we were able to travel. I remember going to England. I remember going to France easily or going to the other side of Germany, just hopping on a train and going. Yeah. It was just wonderful being able to experience that. And one of my other guests I was speaking to, I was telling her, I was like, we don't have that in the United States. We're not able to jump and go to a whole new culture.
1: Right right
0: I mean the
1: take so for those people who might be concerned about you know if you're young in your military career and you're thinking about an overseas assignment I say go for it absolutely oh my god it stretches you beyond measure and the things that you learn and experience it just adds to your bank of memories you know and when you start to get older in life and I mean I don't consider myself old by any means but I can now look back and think about all of the things that I did and all of the things that I experienced and I have no regrets whatsoever all those memories all of
0: those great memories so as a part of you know having those memories you know you being a mom and constantly having to travel and relocate to a new base you know Monique describe to me some of the challenges that you had to overcome
1: Oh oh boy. Okay. Where do I start on this? Yes. You know, it's not all a bed of roses. I definitely did have challenges. So, and, and, you know, me, Laura, I just, I, I give it to you straight, no chaser, right? Um, When, when my sons were very young, I had the normal challenges that most people have of finding reliable and trustworthy childcare, OK, so when we move, for example, from Fort Hood to Fort Bragg and having to go to a new location and finding somebody that whether it was um, on post child care in the child care facility or home child care, finding people that you felt you could trust with your children, you know, my, my children, my everything. And so that that was a challenge for me. When and when you compound that with okay, so we've moved to a new base and we've I finally found childcare. And then with my job, sometimes they would send me TDY. And the type of work that I did, I didn't go TDY just for you know a couple of days. My TDY assignments, because I was doing audits, would be for months at a time. And I would be on what was called either five-day TDY, where I would go on Monday and come back on Friday, or second-day TDY, where I would go on Monday of one week and return on Friday of the following week. So I would be gone for two weeks at a time. And so when I was very young, and remember, my husband was active duty. He was young in his career, and he was just you know, hard-charging, go-hard. I was the one responsible really for raising our kids. And I wanted to have my own career. I told my husband that when we met, you know? And so oftentimes I would take my children on TDY with me. And when people hear that, they just don't believe it. But it's true. Because I was going for several months at a time, I would go on TDY. For example, one time I was going down to, we were stationed at Fort Bragg and I was being assigned on an audit down in Jacksonville, Florida. I packed up my little Nissan Stanza. At that time I had one son, Rob. And I packed the car, I put his little pass. He was only, he was a toddler, he was about two. I packed the car with his little um, tricycle. I packed his little VCR because he used to watch the Dr. Seuss videos. I packed a little cookie jar and I packed some of his other toys and Mike work clothes. Drove down to Jacksonville, got to Jacksonville, checked into a hotel. I had to find a hotel where I had a little suite so that we weren't just in a, in a room with just a bed. And the first day that I was supposed to report to work, I called my boss and I told him, I'll be into work when I have childcare for my son. And I had gotten the names of several different um, childcare facilities close by where I was going to be working. And I I went to two, three of them and I got to one and it just felt comfortable. And I signed all the paperwork and I left my son there. And I said, and this is one thing I always say, God takes care of babies and fools. He was taking care of that baby because he knew I was leaving him there. And he was taking care of me, the fool, because look at what I was putting my child through. But let me tell you, um, I would not change a thing. I really wouldn't the experience that my young son had traveling with me. And then I used to do that when I had my second son. Oh, wow. Two children taking them on the road as toddlers. I did this until my sons started um, going to uh, preschool. Um, No, actually kindergarten when I couldn't take them on the road with me. And it, it, I grew so close to them. The relationship between me and my sons, and mom and sons, and the experiences that I gave them—they learned how to behave because we lived in a hotel. We ate out dinner every night. They had great manners because I was just about that. You weren't going to embarrass me in a restaurant while we were having dinner. <laughs> they became very disciplined, and I—I I, I tell you, I—I wouldn't—I I wouldn't, I wouldn't change—I wouldn't change any of it. Once the kids started going to school, that, of course, was, was another challenge. And because as we moved from base to base, I always worried about how they would acclimate to another school. How would they find new friends and, and acclimate and become comfortable? Both of my sons were very smart, very different personalities. One of them was very outgoing. And the other one, not so much. And so the second one, I always had to keep an eye on him when we moved because he wasn't excited about the move. He didn't go out to meet friends. And I always worried about that. But one of the things I will say to your audience, Laura, is that our military children are very resilient. Absolutely. They are very resilient. What they need to know is that they are loved they are encouraged, they're supported, they are the center of the family's lives, and you will see how they rebound so quickly. And they just do, they adapt to whatever environment we put them in.
0: And Monique, it, what you just, just described is not like every, every day, um, you know, civilian mom, wife would have to do. Taking your kids, going to work in a whole new state. <laughs> I,
1: mean. <laughs> I know. I, it's crazy. Do you know at my retirement ceremony one of the questions that somebody asked me was, "How did you do it?" Yes. But yeah, I, 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 I don't know how I did it. What I tell people is just do it. If you have a desire, you, we can figure out how to do all of the things that we want to do. Absolutely. Right. If it's the fun things, if I, for example, if I, if I want to go find a fit, <laughs> a, 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 a soca fit, right? a party, yes.
0: uh,
1: I'm going to figure out how to do it. Right. Mm-hmm. If I want to find a nice outfit, I'm going to figure out how to do it. Well, what I had decided was that, yes, I wanted to be married. I, I met the man that I fell in love with when I was in college and he was in ROTC. So I knew he was going to be in the army. I had no idea what that meant to me. So I was learning. I, I was learning along the way. I had no military experience before, but I was determined that just because I married him, it didn't mean that I had to give up my desire to have a career. So I had to figure it out and figure it out along the way.
0: So do you feel like these are sacrifices that you made because your husband had such a successful career in the military?
1: Oh, of course. I, I had to make some sacrifices, uh, I made many sacrifices, but I have no regrets. For example, one sacrifice that I made, we were moving from one base to another. Um, And the fortunate thing that I had, Lara, is that the agency that I worked for, it was an army activity, a civilian agency for the army. And so we had offices in many locations at most of the big bases in the United States and then some overseas, right? But as I got promoted to higher levels, there wasn't always a vacancy at the level that I was at in the office that I was going to. So this one particular time we were going, and I won't say the name of the field office, but I was going to a field office and they had been promoted to GS-13 by that time. And there wasn't a GS-13 vacancy. And so they told me I had to take a downgrade if I wanted to be able to go to that office and keep my job. And was I happy about that? No, I wasn't happy about it, but it was a sacrifice that I had to make because I wanted to keep my family together. They offered me, I could have gone to another field office and kept my grade, but that's not what was best for me and my family. So I made that sacrifice. Another sacrifice I had, we had opportunities for to go to long-term training um, at universities, um, at other government organizations. And because my children were young and my husband was often in high up-tempo assignments, um, and he, I couldn't leave him with the kids, I had to pass on that. So even though when you talk about this expansion of my career and the fact that I was very successful overall, I started off very slowly and I didn't get promoted At the same level and the same times as some of my peers, because my focus was, first of all, making sure I took care of my family and maintaining my career. My family was always first. Okay, so I had to make those sacrifices, but it was okay for me because what was that's what was important being able to keep my family together, take care of my family and have a career and I knew that my my children wouldn't be young forever. And so I knew that if I invested in in my family early on and making sure that they had the right values and they were well taken care of and they were doing well in school, that eventually they would fly the nest, leave the nest, and that I would then be able to focus more on my career and have more flexibility. And my husband was really supportive. one, One of the things he did was when he looked for new assignments and he would put his preference list He would always select installations where he knew my agency had field offices so that I would be able to retain my job, even though I may not have been able to retain the grade um, that that I had. And then the other thing is that as the children got older and my husband saw that I was really doing well and I had the opportunity to advance into higher levels of leadership, he made a huge sacrifice. When he went to Germany for a brigade command position, it was at the time that I was very competitive to be promoted to the GS-15 level. And, but to get to that level, I needed to stay at our headquarters in the Washington DC area. And he told me, you know what, why don't you go ahead and stay, I'll be okay. And, and we just worked as a team. Every other month I would fly over to Germany And spend time with him and got to know the members of the unit and you know from a distance I would do whatever I could to support him and and the the family units over there so it really really was a team effort and and I'm 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 really thankful to him for just as I supported him he supported me in my career.
0: He absolutely sounds like he was there for your career and you were there for his career and as a team you guys basically made sacrifices on both sides to make sure that you guys were able to feed each other when it came to your career progression.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely,
0: Laura. You know, Moni, having that career, right, having to be a wife and a mom, you know, what are some of the things that were absolutely key? Give, give my listeners some tips on your success, six key successes for being a mom, a wife, and a career woman?
1: Okay, I will tell you, first of all, that naturally I'm not a very organized and disciplined person. I'm very free flowing, you know, carefree. But for all of this to work, that was some of the skills that I had to develop and put into my toolkit. I had to be organized, I had to be disciplined. And one of the other things that I did was I built a network of friends who could help me, who I could rely on to support me, and help me with the kids or whatever, while I was focusing on my career and juggling everything um, that I was doing. I um, Let me, the, the, the true thing though, Laura, and I think I said this a little bit before, is you have to be determined. And what is the thing that fueled me? I was a first generation college graduate in my family. My parents had not, you know, gone to a four-year college like I did. So I was a first-generation college graduate. And I had dreams and I had desires. And it was things that my parents instilled in me from young and they said, we want you to do better. We want you to be better. And so when I went off to college, although I didn't know exactly where my career would take me, I knew that I wanted to be successful. I knew that I wanted to be Independent in that I could take care of myself. But if I was fortunate enough to have a family that I could be a contributing member of the family. And so it boils down to the fact that I was determined. And then the other thing that I'll say to your listeners is it's so important to get a mentor. It's so important to look around you and say identify people who are doing well you say, I like how they operate. I see how they do business. I want to model myself after them and then get a mentor, somebody who can help navigate through some, sometimes it's treacherous waters. But I'll tell you in a mentor-mentee relationship, it's important that the mentee, the person who's being mentored, recognizes that they have to do some hard work. They have to do some, they can't expect the mentor to lay everything out for them, do everything for them. They should come forward with some ideas about, Here is what I would like to do. And here's how I think that I could go about doing it. What do you think Can you offer any alternatives or some additional suggestions for me. So it's very important. It's a two way relationship and the mentee is Really willing to work hard. And then the other thing I'll say is that it's all about relationships. So for you military members out there and you family members out there, every time you go to a new installation, you uh, you go to a, to an event, you have an opportunity to meet people, and have even though you might be shy, find a way to open up and talk to people because the relationships and networking is what will get you in into the door once you get your foot in the door it's up to you to perform and then stretch your wings from there but oftentimes getting your foot in the door it's reliant on having relationships with other people so you have to learn how to develop those relationships and feel comfortable with developing relationships
0: I agree with you Monique because I know in my career um, you know starting out in college and going up the ranks, full time college student, full time working, a mentor and networking has got me to the position that I am in my um, career today. Um, so I 100% agree with you. And regardless if you are a federal, civilian, entrepreneur, wherever you are in the facet of your life, mentors, if you can speak to them, you know, because sometimes I mentor folks. Monique, believe it or not, you're my mentor in my head. Um, But mentors, regardless of just seeing someone's life and how they explore things and maneuver through obstacles, and you don't always have to talk to your mentor, but if you see exactly what they're doing in their life-
1: You can emulate that. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's a really great point, and I'm glad that you made that for your listeners because- you don't necessarily have to have a formal mentor mentee relationship.
0: Yeah, it's it's. I find it very challenging sometimes. With you know the chaos that we have in our personal lives and our professional lives, trying to add on an addition of being a mentor to someone sometimes it's it's a lot. It's a lot of responsibility. It stuff.
1: absolutely is, and you know, and sometimes. And I feel bad about it, but I, people have asked me to mentor them and I've had to, to reluctantly say, you know, I can't. And the reason is because I take that formal mentoring role, um, that responsibility very seriously. And I don't want to say that I'm a mentor and I'm in this formal mentor relationship with you and I don't have the time to invest in it.
0: Correct, you. absolutely. So Monique, with you being, oh my gosh, I don't know how many titles you have, but just in the title of being a a military wife, give me three words that have described your
1: experiences. (laughs) Exciting, rewarding, and I don't know if this word, this word probably doesn't describe the experience, but it describes me as a military wife, and that's thankful. So first, exciting. My experiences as a military wife was so exciting because as I said, I look forward to living in different places experiencing new cultures traveling all around around the world and even in the United States going to different bases and meeting new people right rewarding. It was rewarding because I feel like I also served. My husband served in uniform, but I served as a military spouse. Yes. I was able to serve service members and their families. I was able to be a mentor and a role model for spouses and female soldiers. And with my husband, together we served as an example and a role model for young couples. I'm going to tell you, it wasn't always easy marriage is hard work i've been married to that dude for 37 years (laughs) and sometimes it's hard but what we have been able to demonstrate is that when you put in the work and you respect each other and you love each other and you're patient with each other and you communicate with each other the hard work pays off and finally the word thankful i'm so very thankful for my life as a military wife. wife um some of the best friends I have are those that I met serving around the world. They've become an extended part of my family. But I will say that as a military wife, that helped complete me. It just, I can't now, when I look back, I can't imagine my life any other way. So I'm really thankful.
0: Monique, I keep telling you, you are a total boss. <laughs> I keep telling you that I've, I... don't let, describe myself that way. Not, really there, you are the population of maybe what? Maybe 5% of the world that can juggle all this or has juggled all of this. I mean, we didn't even get into the conversation of, you know, who your husband was. You know, I, I think I that, you know, just highlighting who your husband was, people would be like, what? She traveled how many times? She did what? She...
1: Monique. For your your audience, I won't say exactly who he was, but my husband um, climbed the ranks from a private, he won in the army and retired as a Lieutenant General. Okay. So we navigated this life together.
0: Exactly.
1: So if that. Opens your eyes a little bit more about the complexity of our life and why <laughs> Laura is just so bewildered about how I was able to do this, but you know, and, and, and Laura, I don't know. And, and then sometimes I try, I, tr- I tread lightly at, uh, around this topic, but I shouldn't because I have enormous faith and I say, but God, and he really has given both of us The things that we need to work together and to navigate through and overcome storms and trials and tribulations and to be successful. And because of that, we feel the responsibility to pay it forward.
0: Absolutely. And you might not know that you have paved it forward for a lot of other folks that, you know, they might not have told you thank you, but I will tell you thank you on the behalf of everyone that has, that you have touched, you and your husband. Just thank you for being you, Monique. Um, I know that you mentioned at the beginning of the introduction that, you know, you want to become a grandmother and that you're a retiree, but tell me what is next for Monique Pharrell.
1: That's a tough question, Laura, because of what's happening right now that we're in this space of a, a worldwide pandemic. You know, as I said earlier, I retired in July 31st, and I was really looking forward to spending my first year in retirement, just doing some traveling To places that had been on my bucket list for many years. As a matter of fact, next week, we were supposed to be boarding a plane going to Bali, going to Bali and then going to uh, Bangkok and we were going to bring in the new year in Phuket. So I'm just distraught <laughs> that I'm not gonna be able to take that trip. And I had other trips planned. Um, I was going to Greece with some girlfriends in August. I mean, I just had so many things planned and not happening right now, but I know that I'll be able to travel soon when it's, it's safe to do that. But what's next for me beyond, beyond traveling? Um, first, I look forward to continuing to serve others. I don't know exactly in what way yet, But the things that I'm passionate about. I'm passionate about women's issues. I'm passionate about helping women find their voices, find their authentic selves and then learning how to use that. I'm passionate about working with young um, adolescent girls and boys to prepare them for their future and help them to recognize that really there are no boundaries or limitations to to what they can do, but Laura. After all of these years of pouring into other people, I also look forward to pouring into myself. Yeah. I know that I need to take care of myself. I need to take better care of my physical self, this temple that God has blessed me. Yeah, with. Yes, absolutely. That is going to be one of my focus and also really focusing on my spiritual, spiritual well-being. So that's it for me. And like you said, it's wanting some grandbabies in the future. <laughs> I keep saying that. Yes, 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 I keep saying that. But that's, that's what I see in store. So it's nothing, you know, very definitive. I don't have specific plans yet. You know, there's some people who retire and they jump right into another career, you know, start whether it's starting their own business or going right back into work. I, I, I worked for over 36 years um, with taking short vacations in between. You know, I did not take extensive periods of time off when I had my, my sons back in the, in the mid 80s. So I've worked for a long time and really, really hard, and so I think I deserve a little bit of time off before I jump into whatever is next.
0: So it sounds like a second career is on the way. I'll give you some time, Monique. I'll, I'll give <laughs> maybe, you a year maybe, off.
1: baby. I'll give
0: you a year off. But I, that second career seems like it's coming soon. <laughs> so again, listeners, Monique, is there anything that you guys that you want to leave my listeners with?
1: Yes, I I want to leave your listeners with, you know, just one final thought. Um, First of all, thank you for your service. I understand that your audience is primarily primarily military and and their family members. So thank you for your service. Our country is great because of what you do each and every day to protect our freedom. And to the family members you serve as well. So thank you for your support to your service member, your support to us as Americans, and we are a better nation because you choose to serve. So I thank you very much.
0: Well, you heard it first, you guys. This episode touched on so many different facets. Monique, I would love to have you back, especially with that second career coming. (laughs) But you guys... Monique started out as a GS4 entry level. She ended up being a senior executive service tier two in the Army. Now she is retired. You guys, please, 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 please just join me in thanking Monique. Thank you so, Monique, for joining us um, and, and giving us all of those um, tips tricks of about the challenges of being a mom a wife and a boss (laughs) and ladies and gentlemen please remember that freedom is not free this is your host Laura Figures and I'm signing out